0: Welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. Universe. My name is Micah Macaw.
1: My name is Jordan Macaw.
0: And we are married. Yeah. And we've been married for three years now. Yeah. And uh, we have this podcast where we exist to prove people wrong when they say that...
1: Sequels are never better than the originals.
0: That's right. And today we're finishing up a series which is always... Quite an uh, quite an experience. Sometimes we're really exhausted by the end of a series. Sometimes we want more. Yeah. Actually, have we ever wanted more,
1: really? Um.
0: Because usually we're kind of tired of it by the time we get to the end. I
1: don't feel tired of this one.
0: I don't either. I don't want I have, there to I, be more, though. I
1: would be fine if they never made more. If they made more, though, they're four for four in my book.
0: We're going to get to it. Yeah. But the series we're talking about is insidious. And uh it's now the first week of November. So, you know what you got to do is you got to go to patreoncom Micah McCaw. 2 days ago we released The Monsters University episode and we had a guest on who is a member of a band that their song is featured in Monsters University and we had like a conversation the theme song of the movie. Yeah, and we talked to one of those guys. So, That's pretty cool. You're definitely going to want to sign up three bucks to hear that interesting conversation Mm -hmm. and hear the interesting episode and have access to all the other stuff. There we go. We got that out of the way. But um, so today we're talking about Insidious, The Last Key, which is, of course, the last of the Insidious movies. Yes. Should we just dive in? Yeah. Or do you want to talk about the series as a whole or anything like that?
1: Well, I just said I think it's four for four.
0: Four for four. Okay. You
1: clearly do not i wouldn't say i wouldn't say
0: clearly i wouldn't say i clearly okay. do not i
1: i'm not saying they're perfect all no i of know them, you're not but i, I think they not. all very easily pass my test what's the test you ask i don't even know but it passed it
0: yeah i okay okay so before i guess before we get into production and stuff i i think baseline the movie works baseline it's decent it's, like, by far the weakest entry in the series. I disagree. Really? Yeah. Which one do you like better or less? Oh, I
1: like this one better than the third one. Really? Yeah.
0: Okay. This one felt like... Um, I mean, and maybe maybe I'm just being biased, but it didn't... I, I I never really locked into, like, tension or scare. I was never really scared this whole movie.
1: I don't feel that way. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, it just didn't as quite... I was
1: watching part of the movie through fingers <laughs> right
0: right <laughs> I yeah and I I'm not I am not someone who watches a horror movie and is like I'm too tough for this I like to be scared watching them you know I I, I want them to succeed at that but this one, Ne- and, and maybe as we discuss it i mean we watched it what 15 minutes ago so <laughs> yeah. maybe as we're kind of processing it we'll be able to say you know i'll be able to maybe i'm
1: on a mission yeah more conclusively to get you on board with me
0: <laughs> but i liked it i i just i think there was a lot of stuff that didn't work yeah and then there's a lot of stuff that works but not like to the extent of the other three movies particularly the first two movies right where it's just like you're in it and this one's like oh okay yeah that's more how i felt in this one where i was like okay that's fine i like these characters okay yeah but but i never quite like locked in yeah um should i say yeah more please one more yeah yeah perfect perfect that was a lovely yeah um so this movie is directed by adam robital robittle Ro um and he has directed a few movies um he did a found footage horror movie called the taking of deborah logan
1: which feels like a cult classic
0: oh i've never heard about it just Tell now. looked
1: up some articles and i mean it's not like the guy has a lot under his belt his most recent is escape room which has a very low rating and, and the escape
0: room too he did both Dose. Escape Room 1 and Escape Room 2.
1: Well, the one that I saw came out last year.
0: Oh, wait. Escape Room 2 is coming out next year. I'm sorry. So
1: I guess it was good enough. Because what I saw and read and flipped through on pictures, which pictures are often never indicative of what the movie is. Yeah. But um it looked like your classic torture porn. Not even. No, no, no. I'm going to take that back. It looks like your classic kill them one by one. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing. Well, it I bet it, it potential it has potential for some visually stunning stuff, though.
0: Right. Well, it 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 is. Um, I mean, it was bound to happen. Someone was gonna make an escape room.
1: Yeah. What I find funny about it is the poster of the first one is like a girl's face. Yeah. And there's like pieces of it missing, and they're puzzle pieces. And I think it's too close to saw. Uh,
0: because of what jigsaw. Way? Oh. Okay.
1: But I get that it, they are solving a puzzle but maybe it's because we just watched a James Wan created series and it's just <laughs> on my brain. Okay. But I, I, I got opinions, man. I the think... movie hasn't sat enough for me not to have them. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> he also wrote paranormal activity, the ghost dimension.
1: I don't know which one that is.
0: I don't know. It's like eight or 20 or something. Yeah. And he has a few acting roles. He's in a few movies like X-Men and
1: the, yeah. The That's What, like, what yeah. sounds interesting about his the found footage one, which I haven't seen, but it's about an old lady who has Alzheimer's and they're filming her. Uh-huh. Basically, I'm assuming for like research and they quickly learn that it's it's not that. uh uh-huh. That sounds like an interesting concept for me.
0: Yeah, that's bet, pretty lo- solid. I yeah. love...
1: I mean, mov- movies with like the theme is very clear, especially about mental illness. It's like, that's gonna be good.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It
1: reminds me of Relic. Like the premise. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, this one is still written by Lee Winnell, mm-hmm. and the music, Joseph Bashara, the music didn't do it for me in this one at all. No. I hardly noticed it, and Same. when I did, it was kind of like, eh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, the cinematography is by Toby Oliver, who has done quite a few movies. He's done Happy Death Day, Happy Death Day 2... You, uh, the new movie from this year, Fantasy Island. He did the Motley Crue The Dirt. <laughs> and he also did a movie in 2017, the year before In City is the Last Key, called
1: Get Out. Oh. Toby
0: Oliver is our guy. I out liked man. how this
1: movie was shot. I thought it was really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: They had some pretty interesting stuff.
0: I didn't I just didn't think it was like as visually striking as the first two.
1: No, no, I am I'm not. I'm basically not even thinking about the first two.
0: Okay. Okay. I Yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just ju- judging it too harshly off of those. It's just
1: when you get four in a row to that, to me, in my opinion, are all four out of fours, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that they're all as good, but they're all passable and pretty dang good, and they're horror, you're going to latch on to that and not let it go. Yeah. That's how I feel about it.
0: I will say, I mean, yeah. L- going into the series, I re- we had talked about like, okay, we're gonna like the first movie, and we've heard that the second one's really good from our guest that we had on the episode, Seth. Like, yeah. So we'll probably like the second one. I assume that the next two were gonna be a struggle to get through. And this the uh, the last key was not a struggle. Well, to we kind of had high way.
1: expectations for three. We did because of Lee.
0: Once we got there, but I feel like yeah. for me personally, when we talked about this series, I was like, "Oh, that'll be like the one movie Lee has where you're like, I see what he, where he, where he's yeah. going, but it's not a good movie, right?"
1: Chapter and it was three better was than that, yeah. yeah.
0: And then this one, it's like, I I this is definitely not like a hard movie to watch. Um, I I don't really, it's it's yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not going to say it's a bad movie by any means. Um, I think though, when you look at the whole series, it's a little, it's a little, I almost thought that some of the things they did, which we will get to would have worked better in a movie that was not attached to Insidious, okay. but we're going to get to it. Um, I still haven't even told you the day that this yeah, came out. Can we just get through
1: this? Hey. Tell hey. me the budget already so I can forget about it.
0: Well, <laughs> so the movie came out the first, uh, or the fifth of January, 2018, and uh, the budget is a whopping $10 million. Pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. They must have spent $2 million of it on Mr. For Key a
1: 2018 Man. movie, too. And it's still I know, that little. No. Wow.
0: That's the Blum thing. Um, then let's go with the budget, which is domestically we have.
1: Through the box office.
0: I'm sorry. Yes, the box office. Domestically, $67.7 million. Worldwide, $167.8 million. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, Geesh, Luis, that's really good. So, I wanted to hit this a series with a total production budget of $26.5 <laughs> million. <laughs> yeah, all of that these so ridiculous, know, these movies have cost $26.5 million. Have all dollars.
1: combined cost less than a Marvel movie,
0: yes, than any single Marvel movie yeah, that yeah. has come out. Uh,
1: that's unbelievable.
0: And the series box office total five hundred and fifty five million. That's great. Isn't that insane?
1: Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, and and um other than that, I just have like stuff that says, you know, Lee Winnell's like getting asked questions before the movie comes out and is like, this is what it's gonna be about. But there's not really a lot of like, this is what the production of the movie is. I found
1: was. some production stuff.
0: This is wonderful. What a surprise. You're an actor's person. You're not the production person.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? I was a little interested and I Googled things.
0: Okay. What did what did you get? Are you done? I'm done.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll first go through the actors.
0: It, it looks like it took about a month to film as well, just like the other three movies. Well, where they all took such a short amount of time. So
1: the actors, we have the usual suspects, um, Lynn Shea, Lee Winnell, Angus Sampson, but we also have Kirk Acevedo, I'm not pronouncing that right, who played Ted Garza. He is in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, the remake, um, the uh, Thin Red Line, like the rest of Hollywood.
0: Te- so Ted Garza is the guy that owned the house in the present Yes. timeline. Okay.
1: Uh, he's also in Invincible with Marky Mark. Wow. Band of Brothers, Town, Arrow, 12 Monkeys, the TV show. Brand of
0: Band of Brothers. That's where I was...
1: For connecting me. It's, the dots for him. Um probably invincible for me. Um, okay, and then Caitlin Gerard plays Imogen. Uh maybe don't name your character Imogen.
0: Imogene. Yeah. Imogen.
1: Imogene. Not they're just too confusing. I don't know. Name it something, name it something less confusing.
0: Also, I don't think that dad would name his kid Imogene.
1: It's just, it's just so old fashioned that
0: Well, it's I think it's kind of on a comeback because of Imogene Heap the artist the i don't know artist who's that i don't know the oh. the artist Imogene heap
1: didn't know about that um okay so she is in the wind which looks like a pretty interesting western horror movie that she stars in
0: what do you mean by western
1: it's a western horror movie oh like cowboys western the two genres are horror Western.
0: See, I was thinking like Western culture, and I'm like, so an American. No, movie? no, no, no.
1: A plains woman faces the harshness and isolation of the untamed land in the Western frontier of the late 1800s.
0: Okay, that's pretty cool. Peaks
1: my interest. Directed by a woman. Hm.
0: Love it. Wait, so Imogene was the one that was in the hospital, or the other one? The other one. Okay, I was not <laughs> impressed by either. They were okay performances.
1: They were serviceable. I yeah. thought um, the
0: the cafe scene was kind of like, oh boy.
1: Yeah, well, Is this I'm about to start
0: going downhill fast?
1: Well, we'll talk about it. She's also in American <laughs> Crime, uh, Cherish the Day, The Last Ship, and that's about it. And then Spencer Locke, who's the other sister, um, she is in Resident Evil, which is what I recognize her from, and she is in more than one of those movies, which means she lives. Wow. Uh, she's also in Cougar Town, The Final Wish, Mad Genius, rosewood a lot of stuff and then josh stewart who plays gerald rainier um elise's dad okay he is in the collector uh which i have seen that and kind of regret seeing that one interstellar the dark Knight rises he's in Tenet as male voice uh he's also <laughs> in criminal minds the mustang the punisher tv show Oh yeah, TV show, Discarnate, Malicious. He's in so much stuff, but I think he's kind of a Nolan guy, a little bit, a tiny tiny okay. bit. Okay, what are you looking at?
0: Well, I was tr- I was looking up another um, actor, but it wasn't as interesting.
1: Tessa Ferrer plays Mama. Uh, she's in Excision, Exc- <laughs> The Passing, Extent, Catch Twenty Two, Mister Mercedes, the TV show, obviously, and then. Let's see. Bruce Davison plays Christian Rainier, um, Elise's brother. He is an X-Men. He's Senator Kelly. Okay. Um, he's in the Crucible with the Daniel D. Lewis one.
0: Yeah. Are there? Mo- are there
1: multiple? I'm just assuming they remake that. Okay. Because isn't it a play? Yeah. Okay. I would be interested in watching that movie again. I would be. I too. remember liking it. In yeah, school,
0: it was kind of like, oh, oh, cool. we're like, we gonna watch a, a, a movie. good movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. Shortcuts, X Men Two, as Senator Kelly. Kelly. <laughs> now, is this like is this laugh. like
0: X Two, X Men United, or is it yes. like? Yes. Okay.
1: Don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> yeah. Await the dawn.
0: It's just they've rebooted it so many times. Sometimes if someone says X Men Two, I don't know which one they're referring to. Oh. But there is only one that. Usually
1: don't know. Yeah. Period.
0: There's you. There. There's only one that's X Two. So oh. I can usually assume it's that, it's that one. one. Yeah.
1: And then Marcus Henderson, who I'd like to point out, who played the detective, he is also in Get Out. Cool. He plays Walter, the groundskeeper, in the movie.
0: He, lo- he I saw it, but he looks really he, different in both movies. He had
1: hair. Did he have a mustache in this movie? Yeah. He looked a little different. And plus, like, well, it's not that far apart. Anyway. And then Javier Botet, who plays uh, Keyface. The key demon. Okay. So, pretty interesting about him is he is like a famous. He's kind of a creature feature guy.
0: Very cool. Tell me more. And also like
1: a contortionist. So like he is like he's not just some guy that like you put makeup on and he disappears into the role. He is like known for getting into the creature. So So he's he's like Doug Jones. He's like a Doug Jones. Yeah. Um, and apparently it was kind of a big deal to the production that they got him because they had to like fly him in from Spain. Really? So he also plays the hobo in It that... Um, oh, that... He, the With leprosy. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, he is in... He's <laughs> yeah. in The Mummy, so I'm assuming he just plays a mummy.
0: The titular mum.
1: Maybe. Or one of the many things. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's in the, cron- the Conjuring 2 as Crooked Man, so I'm just assuming it's more yeah.
0: makeup. He's probably crooked in that one.
1: <laughs> and... Yeah, he's in It Chapter 2 again as the same stuff.
0: Right, because they... He's in Game of Thrones. <laughs> they have that scene in It Chapter 2 where the it randomly needle drops like an old song and he pukes all over modern day Eddie and oh. then the song cuts yeah, after like four stop. seconds. I don't, don't want to talk about it's it. It's really weird. He's
1: also plays Slenderman in Slenderman.
0: Now now that's a good casting right there. Pretty crazy.
1: That movie has a 3.2 score.
0: Well, look at that. Hmm. They can't all be tens, can they, Jordan?
1: So I, yeah, I found that very, very cool that this, this, that they got this guy that he is like known for this stuff. I did feel like the actor was adding a lot to the character in this movie. Yeah, uh, more than like the last movie, in my opinion.
0: Than the hospital man. Yeah,
1: which I don't think that guy had much to do other than walk and leave footprints. But yeah, um, right. They, So, yeah, they were. I saw, like, an interview, well, like, some blurbs from an interview with the director. It's, like, so excited to get him uh-huh. for this movie. And I watched, like, a little minute promo, you know, of, the, like, the actor's talking heads of the character, of the demon. And I would say, for the most part, what you see is what you see. Yeah. The only thing that looked CGI'd was removing his nose. Wow
0: pretty crazy pretty weird that's some cool makeup
1: insane stuff and it's always funny to see um a monster and they you see them filming it and all of the lighting's not (laughs) correct so it's like like, so it's like
0: really bright and you're like this isn't scary yeah
1: it's really funny you can
0: like tell that the makeup's fake and stuff like that
1: i also saw an interview um through bloody disgusting um which is a a place that is also a podcast network that also has a podcast called Creepy. And I recently interviewed the creator and lead okay, narrator that... Of, that podca- of the podcast Creepy. Uh, about, on your blog,
0: Recount and on Reveal. On Recount
1: Reveal, recountreveal.com. <laughs> and the podcast is, they narrate creepypastas. If you don't know what a creepypasta is, go to recountreveal.com and read the interview. And then listen to the podcast. It is so addicting. Yeah, I would say. Okay. So they had an interview with the director and apparently the demon was not originally in the script.
0: Okay. And
1: the director, it sounded like kind of as he's trying to get the job, you know, like having meetings and stuff about it, he really felt like there needed to be a demon in it because the, like when you think of insidious, you think of the red lipstick demon. Yeah. So he's like, that's like so iconic to the series why not have another one
0: interesting you know
1: because it's kind of known for the demons because in the second movie and the third movie there are people that existed at one point or in it or another yeah um so it sounds like you know he had had a vague idea to insert a demon but it sounds like lee winnell like really like okay then let's do this this demon and the the idea... I'm really
0: mulling this over. This is interesting. Yeah. Okay. Keep um, going.
1: And what's, so the the idea behind the demon, if you've seen the movie, so it has keys on its fingers, so it's the key-faced demon. And the premise of the movie, Elise goes back to her childhood home, and her dad was like a prison warden, and they lived right by the penitentiary. And the whole thing is, is the key-faced demon is like a warden of the further he will lock people in the further. So he, he like basically runs the prison of the further hence the keys for hands. Okay. And, um, well, I, yeah, one thing I saw interesting, I think this is more in the trivia. Uh So it's like, Oh cool. Like his design goes into his theme that's yeah. fun. And then I saw a mention of the red, red lipstick demon. Like when you go to where he is at dwells, it's uh-huh. kind of like a, an opera orpheum, like an opera house.
0: Oh, so we could assume he's like an actor or a director. Well, he paints something. his face. Hello everybody. It's Micah. And I'm cutting in on this episode to tell you about a Christmas show that I am putting on that will be premiering on YouTube It is Have Yourself a 5-4 Little Christmas, and I've gotten together with my friends via the magic of the internet and edited together this concert that's very very cool where we take Christmas songs that are typically in 4-4 four, four times, so that's 4 beats a measure and we change it to 5 beats a measure. Now if you don't understand what that means, that's okay. When you watch the concert, it'll be abundantly clear that all of these songs that you know and love your whole life sound a little bit different now. Five of the songs will be on YouTube, four will be on Patreon, and it's just gonna be a lovely event that hopefully I will see you at. So December 12th, go to my YouTube, Micah McCaw, and at 7 p.m. is when that show is gonna start. And it's free, so you can just show up and watch it. And we have a bunch of really cool guests that are gonna be on it. We got Whitney Brown, Sean Muir, Jeremy Oliveira, Anna Marcoux, Reed Campbell, Sean Siders, Stephen Nance, grace and phelps it is gonna be awesome and we have a couple other guests as well it is gonna be so cool and i really really hope that you'll watch it that night and also share it with all of your friends and family so let's get into the spirit of christmas that's december 12th 7 p.m on my youtube i'll see you there mm-hmm.
1: so i didn't ever think about that uh-huh. and that just made me like it all the more Anyway, that's what, pretty well, much
0: meaning he's like an actor or something, right?
1: Yeah, or, or theatrical. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, he puts on another face. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, so that, that yeah. So it
0: ties it together a little bit. Yeah. More. Yeah. Um. So okay. I'm ju- so I'm just trying to think like, just for pretend here. So the the key face was not supposed to be in this movie originally,
1: according to the article that I read. Okay. Which And it didn't say, like, what it was going to be instead.
0: So, would let's just assume that's all we know. Would that mean that the movie would be no, like, main demon? It's just her going into the further and discovering that her dad is, like, murdering all these people? I'm
1: assuming yes, but I am curious how they would do that because, and, you know, in the movie that we watched, uh-huh. the whole thing was this demon was pretty much f- making them do it yeah like driving them there so i'm curious what the explanation would be for that
0: yeah because here's the thing when i hear that my ears perk up a little bit and i think that might be a better movie
1: i kind of feel like but
0: wait wait hang on hang on that might be a better movie but the only problem with that is and this sounds like i'm making a joke but you don't have key face in it who looks really really cool
1: i would say just pick a lane michael <laughs> um, either make a movie about the Key Face demon or make the movie about the more investigative stuff mm-hmm. and stick to it. Because it sure. did kind of feel like two movies in one. Yeah. Of a movie that was an hour 45. Yeah. That's a lot.
0: Well, so, so, because, because one thing I felt like in this movie, so Key, key Face can like, Which is, this is cool. This is really cool. But he can take his key fingers and he can stick them in your throat and turn off your screaming. Mm -hmm. And he can stick them in your heart and turn off your heart. Mm -hmm. Which I think is really cool.
1: That also means he's locking you in his prison.
0: Right. Right. And maybe that explains it more. It just felt kind of like that wasn't, that didn't necessarily follow the rules of this universe to me. Why? It just it it felt like um. I don't know. I guess I I I don't know. It just it. You know when you're watching something and it just well not to not to bring up misery, but you know how Annie Wilkes is like they broke the rules when she's yeah. talking about yeah. that that play and and uh, or that that how
1: we ended the book, right?
0: Well, yeah, but she she talks about how when she was a kid and I'm gonna oh yeah
1: I'm gonna yeah, explain yeah. it for the
0: listener yeah how she, when she was a kid. Um, she would see these, like, f- television shows, and they'd end on a cliffhanger and mm-hmm. say someone's going off a cliff. You'd see him go off a cliff, and then the next episode, you'd find out that he had a parachute. Yeah. And she would go, that's cheating, that's cheating, because that wasn't in the last episode. You showed us it wasn't. And uh, not to the extent of that, but I sort of felt like the way they were inter- he was interacting with the bodies just felt not quite what I had seen in the series and it felt a little bit false to me.
1: I like it because you know we. T- but what's explained in the first movie is you have the further, which is where the sp- where spirits. When you die, you either go basically to light or dark, heaven or hell. But you can also get trapped in the third further, which is to me purgatory. Yeah, and then also in the further is the dark place, um, which is where um, dark souls go slash demons dwell. Yeah. And that is kind of like it, which I think does allow a lot of different things to happen. So you have the lipstick demon who worked more through possession than actually going into someone and like doing something Uh or going into a house and doing something. And then in the second movie, you have a a man who actually did exist Mm -hmm. and who is basically haunting. Like his, his spirit is haunting. Um, and then the third movie, same thing, sort of. But what's interesting about that one is he gets to keep people as pets. Why? If he actually existed. He's not a demon. He's just a spirit. That yeah. is apparently, you know, and what I kind of wish from that movie is I wish they would have explained him more. Yeah. Because it's the, all they said was, it's a man that used to live in this building. All we know of is he probably had some really tragic accidents. Uh-huh. We don't even know it, while he was alive if he did bad things. That maybe would cause him in his afterlife to continue to do bad things. Kind of wish they would have said, like...
0: Sure, sure. Sort
1: of like in the the second movie, like a serial killer, he would keep people as pets. So in the afterlife, he is continuing to do that because he's so evil. Didn't really do it. So I I feel like this is a very long explanation, too. Uh-huh. No, then you get to good. the fourth movie, and you have just a straight-up demon mm-hmm. who... Um, it's, it's almost like the red lipstick demon decides to possess, and this demon decides to k- imprison people. Yeah. If that makes sense, it's like their special power.
0: Yeah. No, no, that is cool. I, yeah, I it think... It works for me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, 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 it just... It was one of those things where it was like, I feel like this is... This would be... I I guess it would be cooler if this was a movie that was outside of the franchise and it was only this key face demon that was terrorizing people. It's kind of how I felt about it a little bit. At the same time, I'm getting to see Key Face, which is always going to be a treat. I
1: think it just furthered what I don't totally disagree with you on that. Mm -hmm. They just made like a separate movie about it. Pretty interesting. But um, to me, it just opens the world up even more. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, there's a prison there. Like a, a thing can like imprison your your soul. Yeah, that's pretty interesting.
0: It's it's just funny though that after you read that 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 the keyface was not supposed to be in the movie originally. It's for some reason my head is like okay that actually kind of explains the movie to me a little bit.
1: It does in terms of the writing.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, but again, having said that, I, I don't really. Uh, I'm on the fence about the movie, but I, I let's let's dive in, right? Okay. So um oh my gosh, I got to turn my time limit off on my notes because I got the bedtime alert. Um, so we start off in 1953 in Five Keys, New Mexico. Now, just for the listener, these are not the last keys, okay? These are the but five keys. There are five. <laughs> there are five. <laughs> um, and we see this little girl and her little brother and a, a father and a mother. Nice little happy family. And it's
1: subtitle or the you know title card new mexico state penitentiary or whatever
0: yeah and and they live close enough they like live basically within the compound Mm -hmm. um in in their own house but very close to the penitentiary so every time someone gets electrocuted the lights that's
1: interesting
0: thought that was cool yeah and in my head i'm like oh that's a lot of like souls going out into nowhere yes makes for a good this house being haunted
1: potentially bad ones too if they're prisoners being executed. Yeah. yeah I. Potentially.
0: I kind of wish they would have gone more that direction and maybe not like the dad's a serial killer, mm-hmm. which was kind of like random almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do also like the idea that the person she thought was haunting her was a real person and was around.
1: Yeah, that's it. That is interesting.
0: Um, it's I,
1: almost I, like they had so many ideas. Yeah. But they only had one more movie left because they called it The Last Key, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: i'm just yeah, kidding about I, that but i, I guess in yeah. my head the, the more we talk about it, the more i'm like i like this idea i like this idea but it didn't all amount to like what i wanted it mm-hmm. to be or what i think it maybe should have been
1: you know what they should do um they shouldn't make any more movies like if they did i'd definitely see it because like i said i'm four for four on this one yeah. but they should just write books about like elise stories they should just anthologize that would be cool her stories with specs and Tucker, of course.
0: I th- It'd be fun if they did a comic book.
1: That would be even better.
0: That would be really cool. Yeah. I think I'm going in for a sneeze. Bless you. No, no, it didn't happen. And I'm not editing that out. <laughs> 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 so, family's there and we see this little girl and you were like oh i think that's elise nice call um and and then they say elise and then they say elise like pretty soon after that but um she so y- this this little girl it can like see the spirit world mm-hmm. and her dad like punishes her for it yeah um i will say it is kind of cool thinking back on the movie and knowing that her dad is like imprisoning girls and killing them it is interesting that his daughter is saying, "Oh, I'm seeing people," and he's beating her, because I th- I think he thinks maybe somehow she's seeing them or something, and so he's like taking out his aggression, yeah, on her, and that's kind of interesting. Yeah, um, but you know he's doing that, and the, then the she,
1: mom is encouraging her, like, "You have a gift, and let's just keep it between you and me."
0: Yeah, she she gets locked in the basement. Hmm. Um. No good.
1: No good, very bad.
0: Don't do it. Yeah. (laughs) And um, then she's hearing someone like tell her, help me, help me find the key, open up all the keys. Very Like
1: I need you to help me to open all the doors. And it's in a little girl's voice. So it's trust. You can trust it.
0: Yeah, of course. You can always trust whispering voices. And um, very
1: cool. So she goes, she's in the basement. There's a red door. And you're like, does that go to the prison or something? Of course, it's not real wink wink
0: i mean i i think we all knew right away it's a red door i
1: didn't i was along for the ride forgetting everything (laughs) but um she unlocks the door and it turns into a finger and that is a very cool moment of a very very minuscule reveal of what's to what is you are going to see because you see that hand like crawling to reattach its finger to itself which um essentially what she did was open the further up to anything basically she let the monster out
0: yeah um and it kills mama (laughs) you're talking octavia spencer's mama the jason blumhouse produced we don't
1: talk about that movie (laughs) it kills elise's mom
0: yes and um so then uh um elise Present, well, 2010, before Insidious 1, mm-hmm. timeline wise, wakes up and she's screaming. She flips to her book and we see um,
1: Quinn Bretter's Day for the third movie.
0: Yeah. And I thought that was cool. And she goes and she has a picture of the key monster mm-hmm. and then she writes, you know, a message about it. You yeah. Know? She's still, it's still haunting her to this day, yeah. basically. And so. Um,
1: well, it's almost like if she dreams about it it's going to happen imminently. Whatever it is, it's going to go down. Right. Because she dreams about Quinn, and at the end of the movie, she dreams about Dalton.
0: Yes. Um,
1: like a premonition, starring Sandra Bullock.
0: <laughs> um. So then, you know, she's working with Specs and um, Tucker. Tucker. They're hanging out.
1: They're roommates now.
0: Yeah, and they're all buddies. I think... I liked all the specs and Tucker stuff, but I do think it sort of hurt the movie.
1: Yeah, a little too much.
0: I thought it was just a little. It was like fifteen percent too much. Yeah, because um, I kind of like how in the previous, at least the first two, um, it feels like they have like a couple of moments, it, but they're not just like the whole time like yucking it up. And in this one, it was a little like okay, um, they are in
1: more of the movie.
0: They are yes, but um, so. She gets a call from a guy who is living in her house.
1: Mm, her childhood house.
0: Yes. And at first she's like, no, I can't go down there. Then she's like, I got to. And then, you know, I got to go alone. And then the guys are like, no, we're coming. No, with we've you.
1: even got an RV for it. Yeah. Beep, beep. <laughs> Let's go.
0: So they go down there and she meets with the guy. And there's this really cool thing where he stacks like a hundred... Okay. What am I skipping?
1: Well, there is... So he's telling them when things have started, um, hearing voices, and there's one room in particular where he's been hearing the voices the most, and he has barricaded the room by stacking Bibles and rosaries in front of it. Yes. Love that That was concept. what I was
0: uh, just about to I say. I was just <laughs> setting
1: the stage a tiny bit more. Okay. <laughs> um, love it. Love it. And it's always that room in particular... So what they do is they set up Elise with a camera attached to her. Yeah. Um, and a flashlight and they stick her in the room for the night. Well
0: and, and one thing I wanna point out about um Elise, the but the actress Barbara yeah. is when she is walking through the house for the first time, she is killing it. Because you can see and it's a different fear that's been on her, her face. Name's Lynn. Lynn? Barbara
1: Why is th- the other mom.
0: Oh, okay. What's her last name? Shay. Lynn Shay. Wow, I was very off. Um, but um, she looks like a Barbara. Uh, I think
1: Barbara is Lorraine.
0: (laughs) Yes. Okay, that makes sense. So she, the way she is walking through the house and going around the corners, it's just there is so much terror in her eyes and like fear of the past. Yeah, and she does a fantastic job, particularly in that first scene where she's exploring the house again Mm. for the first time yeah so then first night
1: so yeah they stick her in the room uh they she's you know looking at things touching things seeing toys it's as if like this guy moved in and all of the old stuff is there from her life yeah um she finds her brother's whistle under the bed um in the flashback he has a whistle that he lost yeah. Um I found that very touching uh, right off the bat. Um and as she's you know kind of like remembering things basically something is leading her through the house. She she senses something and it's taking her. And every once in a while she's walking through the house on the camera you'll see maybe like feet and then she'll go back and they're not there. Your yeah. your classic insidious stuff <laughs> yeah. where the camera's panning something's there and you, maybe you'll see it maybe you won't. Yeah, and then it goes back, and you definitely won't see it because it's gone. Right. Um. So it takes her to, um, it's like
0: down in the basement. That's Um, where she
1: ends up, even in this first part.
0: I think so because the guy. No, no, it's just a different room, and the guy's like, "What are you doing in here?" And I think when you look back,
1: well, no, the girl talks to her,
0: says, "Help her." Yes.
1: And steals the whistle.
0: Right. And then the the guy comes down, and he's like, what are you doing in here? And on first glance, you're kind of like, what's this guy's deal? And then when you know that he has a prisoner, you're like, okay, that makes sense that he's like, no, just check out the one thing.
1: Like, what a crazy twist this becomes. Right. So. Um,
0: And so then we have the 16-year-old flashback. Yes. Where she's 16, and like her and her brother are like washing the floor. Have you ever scrubbed a floor
1: like that? I've never had parents like that. I think that's kind of the point. Oh. Showing you that he's a little t- tyrannical.
0: Well, and I got to say, I'm not blaming the movie for this, but when I saw that, I was like, should we scrub our apartment floor? Should we do no, that? No, we got
1: a Swiffer. You don't do that anymore.
0: <laughs> okay. But, um, you know, they hear something, and then she walks over to the thing that's in the washroom, and she sees this woman and she converses with it. And then dad comes around the corner and he's like, who are you talking to? And she's like, I saw, no, I really saw someone. You can't be mad. This it time. was at
1: this moment of the movie where I thought I would hate to be her brother growing up with her. And she is experiencing spirits and he can't see anything. And yeah. it, it, that scene, he's like, you know, you're joking. Stop joking. Right. And it's like, man, I'd definitely be like that. I'd be like him, just like denying everything that's happening and just praying that it actually isn't happening, but oh, yeah. believing that it is happening because she's so yeah, sincere. Yeah,
0: that's that's yes, exactly. Yeah, but she sees someone. Then when the dad comes, of course, the the spirit, as we assume, mm-hmm. is gone, mm-hmm. and so then he's like going to beat her again, and Elisa runs away. Yeah, never to return home again. Yep. And so, after that, Specs, Tucker, and Elise, they go to a cafe. And these two women walk into the um, cafe, and Barbara's like... Elise. (laughs) Okay, you take over. Okay,
1: so she starts talking to them. It's as if she gets a feeling, or a shine... The Shining by Stephen King... um, Gets a feeling about them and starts talking to them. Uh Uh-huh. And they the girls are you know kind of confused kind of taken aback i do like that one of them is bubbly and one of them is very standoffish yeah i like the contrast um and very quickly the biggest comedic insert is the um tucker inspects flirting with the girls which is funny for a little bit and then it's like oh they're still doing it yeah. oh we're at the end of the movie and one of them's kissing them now and there's got to be, like,
0: it. 15, 20 years difference. Uh, it was it was a little weird, It I was thought. too much.
1: Could have done... I, I'm fine with the, like, infatuation jokes at the yeah. at the beginning of an encounter, but I don't like that it continues.
0: Actually, I think if you just cut that part of it, I think I would be fine with Specs and Tucker, like, totally in the movie. You yeah. know, I said, like, yeah. 10, 15%. Right. That was the 10,
1: 15 I want out. Yeah, just too much. But, um, so then... You find out that these are Elisa's nieces and her brother comes into the diner and this is the first time she's seen him since she's ran away. And he completely rejects her because, you know, to him, she abandoned him with uh-huh. this monster of a father. Um,
0: and you did say, um, the, the, uh, a very good, um, tongue twister, Elisa's nieces, Elisa's nieces, Elisa's nieces, Elisa's nieces. Yep. So say it five times fast listener go.
1: So um, her brother storms away, but her nieces stay because it's like, what? We have an aunt that we didn't know about? <laughs> you, you rhymed again. <laughs>
0: okay. It's just impressive. You're writing poetry about the movie. Okay.
1: Um, so, yeah. So they, it, you can b- immediately see, oh, okay. I have an aunt. Let's try and connect with her. And then she gives him a picture of the whistle and says, give this to your dad. He will know what this means. Like I found it. Oh right, and That's then a spirit took same, it from me. Yes. Um, so they go back to the house for another night of, uh, ghost stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, she's, starts in the same room again, right? Oh, I don't. I like this part. So I believe she starts in the same room again, and Tucker is with her with that like big microphone thing to pick to pick up probably yeah. um spectral noises, and I like how long the dot the audio was like that.
0: Yeah, that was cool. Very you were, cool. you were hearing from his headphone perspective. Yeah.
1: And it wasn't even that much to hear. It was just fun. Yeah. The, all the crackling and all that. Mm-hmm. So they're being led through the house by the noise of the whistle and they are led down to the basement and they go to a wall where the whistles are coming from and the Elise starts talking to, you know, asking, are you the woman from yesterday? Yes. Are you trying to show me something? Yes. Um, you know, is there something trying to hurt? Just kind of, like, very vague story bits coming out. Yeah. Um, And then they find out that this wall is a door. They get keys. They open the door. And there um, is, like, a woman in the corner. And I thought at first that's the ghost.
0: Right. So did I.
1: Which I think you're supposed to.
0: Yeah.
1: Because um, Tucker doesn't even have a reaction at first. Um, But then... You know, the whistle's right in the middle of the room. Elise is coming to get it. And I like that when the girl comes back, you know, I like her... Posi- just It was all well shot. Very well shot, yeah, totally. I thought. And the blocking was really good. Totally. Um, And then you find out that the woman who is chained in this room is not a ghost, but a real person.
0: Yeah. And that's when you you start wondering what is happening.
1: What's real and what's not, really.
0: Yeah. And then the, the guy who is in the house like comes down with a gun and luckily Specs hears that he confronts uh, Tucker and Elise and he sneaks into the house. And then um, the guy runs upstairs and he's looking for him. And then it was kind of nuts that Specs straight up murders the guy. You know? Like that never happens in that movies. Which- had, he has
1: good intuition to just like know that that guy's bad news now. Yeah. Because I wouldn't probably have thought that.
0: Well, cause he hears them oh, I guess say he does like hear that. help That's true. or something and then he's kind of hiding Yeah. and he hears the guy be like, I can hear that you're in here. And so okay. I think he kind of knows okay. and then, and then he, this, he could hits hear. him with like a wrench or something yeah. blunt and he falls over and then he throws a cabinet down on the guy's head and then it like cuts to like police at the house. <laughs> it's
1: like, <laughs> what is this movie turning into? I love this twist. I think it's really cool.
0: Um yes. Yes. I think it's I think it's cool. I I I just uh, there's too much going on. I
1: agree there I totally agree yeah. but me watching this movie for the first time and I don't know what's to come next. Very cool twist cuz it's like I've never seen a ghost movie where it turns out what you thought was a ghost wasn't a ghost. Does that make sense? Right, right. Of course the she was led by a ghost to find this woman. Um and you find out Pretty shortly after, well, I guess we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, so she, please come. The woman has, you find out she had been kidnapped four months ago. She's been kept in there this whole time. Um, I like that, you know, a little bit longer with the detective where he wants to, he wants to know why she would know this. Mm-hmm. And in that scene, she pretty much has a vision of her niece that doesn't look good.
0: Yes, I'm trying to remember that, that vision. That scares her
1: in the... Well, it's not really a vision. It's she, her. She's behind the detective and she looks pretty bad. Yeah. So it's a vision. Oh,
0: one thing Uh, not to get too lost in the details, but in the 16 year old vision, um, when she's 16, she touches her dad's forehead and shows him how he dies. Yeah. That was kind of weird. I felt like that was kind of rule breaking on the universe. Okay. Didn't you? Like, I, I don't feel thought... like she can, like, translate thoughts to people. She can, like, read stuff and get in touch with the spiritual world, but to, like, send someone, like, this is how you die, by touching them is, like, a... That, I felt like that was, like, no, you can't do that in I the I don't really care world. for
1: either, but it's, like, whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty quick. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was just kind of weird. Yeah. And I just wanted to point it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if any... It, Yeah. I don't know. I I don't want to get too lost into it, but, um, so, okay. So that happens. She has a vision about her niece. They go back to the house. Oh, no, no, no. So while that's happening, her brother and his daughters are, go into the house to try and find the whistle because basically he sees proof that it's still there. And he's like, I need it probably because it is the one thing from his childhood. that reminds him of his mom that he lost. Yeah. So they're looking through the house for it. Um, they all go in different rooms um the bubbly one the daughter uh gets, imogene nope the other one ah, uh, she gets lured down to the basement by the sound of her dad's voice saying that he found it dad's not down there
0: Why how did i totally miss the vo- dad's voice i
1: don't know but he's saying i got it i got it so she goes down there he's not down there
0: you know i think it was when i spilled the the pretzel stuff all over my shirt and on the couch so i was like kind of digging around on the couch and like sitting up so i could grab this like chocolate that was all over me
1: i'm glad you didn't get anything on the couch
0: yeah i don't think so i don't think so but um so she's down there
1: yeah and she is um they do the the classic insidious thing she is walking through the basement camera is panning you see a weird humanoid thing moving where she oh that see was it. a good
0: one that was really real like that one.
1: one uh it was pretty confusing because you were as you're seeing the demon but it, it doesn't make sense to you if you're not and it was kind of it. It
0: like just floated a yeah. little bit in the wind
1: um and she's drawn to um these gas masks gas mask suits hazmat suits and she sees all these keys And she's about to leave, and then she hears like a thump, like a hand thump. Yeah, like a and that to me was like, oh, I feel sick to my stomach. I did not like that hand thump. And she goes down back to the keys. Her her attention is drawn to, and she lifts up a little bit of a tarp, and there is a hand with keys for fingers. And I was like, no, 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 but very cool. And it throws her back. Uh huh. And she gets injured. And. Then we get to a more, my stomach hurts more because the camera is situated behind her. She's freaking out. Why? Well, let me tell you, there is a a weird, very thin the best way I I it was very pans labyrinth to me, the, the design totally. of this creature. Specifically the the second trial thing of the thing that that eats children with the eyes in its hands and the, like
0: skin flaps and stuff
1: Oh, so it really reminded me of that creature as yeah. by its movements so it gets up from the bed and it starts crawling to her and it's just like very slow yeah i found this creepier than the last movie when the the thing was like walking in her room and landed on top of her yeah i i just don't know i I've, i i i've been,
0: i maybe it's like well, I mean, Lee Whannell first time director in that movie, too. But I just never felt the like terror or the, the tension, really, as, as never it never really hooked. And maybe that's watching three other movies in the yeah. same franchise. But but even this was more like, oh, this is cool. That's kind of how I felt. And yeah. then, you know, he like plugs his key into her throat and heart. And I was like, well, that's cool, too.
1: I think I just, it's not that it was like the scary, scarier than the other one or anything to me. Uh-huh. I did the concept of it was just also captivating. Yeah. The, the demon is truly, I mean, it's hard to look at. It is, it is, they captured the Pennywise thing where it's hard right. to look at, but I can look away. Yeah. Which I think is how I described the lipstick demon, uh-huh. which it's like when you've created a character like that, that's supposed, that's like the bad guy and it's a, A demon, and you Mm -hmm. can't look away from it. Like that is that is some good makeup.
0: You know what's funny about the lipstick demon? He's like the Bruce Lee. He he is to this series what Bruce Lee is to Ip Man. They just can't keep him out of the movies. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. No laugh on that one. All right. Well, do you have anything more to say about that that scene?
1: Well, basically, the girl is incapacitated, and she has to be taken to the hospital.
0: Yeah. And um, I thought she straight up was dead for a second. I know.
1: There. I'm like, he switched off for heart. It's over.
0: Yeah. But and also
1: I, I thought that doesn't make sense for the story for her to die.
0: Right. It would be so like unearned to yeah. just kill her. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is this Game of Thrones just killing everybody yeah. for no reason? Um, but I do think. Yeah. I I mean, I guess the, the locking their heart away in, in the further is pretty cool. I guess it's cool. It is cool. I don't think it, it is. is a lot. It is a lot, yeah. So, so then, um, I almost said Barbara again, but I didn't. Elise is like, okay, I got to come back tonight and end this. And here is a w- odd thing about this movie. Before we discuss the actual events, is I do not really feel like it had much of a climax.
1: No, I agree.
0: Because she kind of so like the the daughter just kind of is like. She's going to the hospital, and then she's like, okay, we got to come back. Then it's like, they're back. She discovers the serial killer stuff. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Then they, like, go into the prison thing, and then they they pretty easily, like, defeat him, and then the movie's over.
1: It really is two different movies in one. (laughs) Yeah,
0: And and it sort of felt like maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe if there was a moment where she could really respond to, like, the fact that her father killed like six or seven people and like break down. And then maybe when they're in the prison, there's a moment where, where they really aren't going to make it. And I do have an edit too, when we get there that I think would have made that scene better.
1: I curious. Well, I guess I'll wait for that too. Cause I had a thought about it too.
0: Maybe it it's the same
1: thought, but we'll wait. Okay. So
0: on the count of three, no, <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so they go back to the house. Um, Specs and Emojin are looking for a Bible that the Garza guy had upstairs while Elise and Tucker are down in the basement again um, trying to learn, I don't know, more information. They want to find out who that woman is. They That's where they have to start. Yeah. And they are led to... They basically find her nightgown.
0: And then that's when... Elise figures out that the person that she saw when she was 16 was a real person.
1: Which is, oh boy, that's nuts.
0: That's nuts. And then and then we see a scene that I was like, this is PG-13, not to be an MPAA guy again, but I was kind of like, this is like a little too brutal. What? I, I thought, a little bit. Was when the dad's just like beating the woman to kill her.
1: Oh, I thought it was so quick and I actually liked how they did it.
0: I don't think it was bad. I was just like, "Oh, it just felt like, oh, that's an R to me." Is how it felt, oh. just because of like the context of it, and maybe it was like the disturbingness of there being like a slave woman. I think, yeah, with all the like, disturbing part of it, so much implications with that, yeah. and then he's oh, just I like really, beating her.
1: The the this kind of kidnapping stuff was just makes me feel like I'm never leaving the house alone. Is how I feel. <laughs>
0: yeah, it does make me a little bit hesitant for whenever we cover the Hannibal series. Cause I'm like, I could handle it in this movie, but yeesh, like four movies that are like this kind of a plot, but, but not the spiritual side of it with yes. like fun, Those special stuff. effects and yeah. stuff. I'm like, Ooh, I might not really like that series, but I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'll love it. Yeah. And th- I guess there is only, I mean, four. they could
1: be bad movies. Yeah. Some of them.
0: Well, we, we know one of them isn't
1: two, I would say.
0: Oh, yeah. I've only seen one, but yeah. um, you've seen two. So two of them are good. Um, But but the, there's this whole scene where Elise goes into this tunnel and she sees these suitcases and they have like a skull and like remains and stuff. I thought this scene was shot so well. Mm-hmm. Like, great job, Adam. Um,
1: in terms of suspense
0: yeah and it's like pretty claustrophobic and Mm -hmm. you're you're like pretty freaked out about your main character um the actual scare was a little i i i I don't know how it could have been more um i think because it just cuts so quick
1: i i wish because like the the, what they because the scare happens where the thing is in a suitcase yeah which is that's not what you were expecting what you're expecting is be in front of her or behind her because that's yeah. usually what it is. And she keeps checking in front of her and behind her yeah. every time she's done with a suitcase, which is why I think it would be scarier if it is where you suspect. Because I think with a lot of jump scares, it gets to a point of where were you not expecting it?
0: Yeah. Like in the last movie <laughs> yeah, when the arm like came
1: down and like touched her, good. Because I wasn't expecting that kind of jump scare. Yeah. But this one wasn't as scary because I just knew. Well, I didn't know, and that's kind of the point. Yeah, if that makes sense. It's just like, okay, I know it's gonna happen, so just do it already.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Uh, the 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 thing that does work in its favor is she goes through almost every single suitcase, and each time you're like, okay, it's yeah, like I dread. kept thinking it's gonna be in the suitcase. Yeah. It's funny that you, yeah, uh, uh, you know, but then when she looks up, I'm like, okay, every time the camera is her POV, I'm like, okay, it's there. It's yeah. there. it's You know, which doesn't mean you called it or anything like that. You're right. just, but, um, and, and, you know, they wait till like the fourth one to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it was earned and I'm not knocking it. Mm-hmm. I, I wish, I wish there was a way they could have done it a little more James Waney, which was not like jump scare.
1: I wish there was uh much less jump scares in this movie. Yeah.
0: Um, but anyway, I think that was a really solid scene. <laughs> it sounds like I just bashed it, but I, th- I liked that scene a lot. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so and, it gets Elise and it takes her to the further.
0: Yes. So then we have um, Imogene.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And we have Specs and Tucker and they're like, we got to go in there. Well, Imogene had told um, Elise, hey, I can... I've I've like fallen asleep and watched my body or whatever Astral earlier plane. in the movie. Yes, and so she's like, I can go in and do it. Now here's where I f- here's my fix. Is this the same fix?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Okay, I don't think she should be the one going in.
1: Who should it be? I
0: think it's got to be Specs or Tucker.
1: They can't. They don't have the ability to.
0: That's what I. But I think they should have.
1: But if they get hypnotized, maybe they could.
0: Yeah, I th- I think they should have like. There shouldn't have been, you know, a hereditary astroplane. Although maybe this messes up chapter one and two. Maybe that's why they didn't do it.
1: Oh, that would make sense because of Josh and Dalton.
0: Yeah. So maybe they couldn't go in.
1: I'm fine with it. It, it was but just But then Tucker says he can't.
0: I know. But, but like, I, I like the idea of a scene where they're. Uh, but yeah, because they would have gone in in, in other in, movies in chapter one or two.
1: Right. But, like like before they even called her,
0: yeah. But but I guess my problem is it's like this character that I literally don't care about is like going to save the main character, and I'm like, there's two characters that I've been in for four movies, and yeah. we're like, they don't get to do it, and maybe there was a way that they could have done it, but like made it like, but you're we can only do it once, or uh, some, you know, they could have made something up so that. Like, wouldn't it have been fun if Specs was in there?
1: I think what should have happened was um, the movie is you got Keyface in it. Elise goes back to her childhood home. So all that backstory is the same. She gets stuck there. I don't know how, but uh-huh. she gets stuck there. She gets dragged there by it. But at the same time, basically, the subplot of the movie is the, the niece. So we are like, we spend oh. enough time with her that when she goes to save her, it's like, yeah, it makes sense that she would do it. Because we trust her and we spend time with her. Um, that, that I think, is more believable and more satisfying. And so you still keep, like, she comes back to town trying to figure this stuff out. Brother rejects her. Still keep all that stuff. But I think that would have to get rid of the um, women being kidnapped thing. Yeah. That, that, the, I, that concept of, like, a woman being kidnapped basically by more than one man men in the same house is such a big idea that the whole movie should have been about that.
0: Yeah. Or it's the key man
1: or it's the key face.
0: Yeah. Yeah. With
1: with whatever tiny little story goes along to explain it. If that makes sense.
0: And, and I, I feel like, but it, but it would have been even more, but, but to make me care about the niece, we just need one scene where she went into the astral plane outside of this Uh scene.
1: It would even be cool because this is the fourth movie and conceivably the last one based on the title. Yes. Um, that you could, like as this movie you can argue, you could say easily it is nothing like the other ones. All of them are nothing like the previous one.
0: Sure. Yeah. And
1: that's one thing that the series thrives on is they're not making the same movie. Totally. I think potentially because this is, you know, conceivably the last one, it's been a while since the first movie maybe do kind of the same thing Uh where um this so at least same backstory but the brother has remained in the house and has raised his uh children there or maybe even like he did remain there and now the niece is there like with her family weird stuff is happening for Whatever reason you want to make that's
0: really interesting, and she
1: has been maybe like something happened and she tried fixing it. And maybe by trying to fix it, she let it out. When Elise did the same thing when she was a kid by letting it out, but maybe the backstory changes where she kept like she fixed it.
0: I guess you just did your first film rescue episode, (laughs) (laughs) maybe. yeah, that would totally fix, like, every problem I have with the movie. cool
1: about that, too, and I don't think, th- in this movie, I don't think they're trying to make Key Face more important than, like, the first movie. Because, you know, the first movie is the most shocking, so it yeah. is the best one. So Red Lipstick Demon is better because yeah. it's the first. So I don't think they're trying to outdo that. I, th- but th- I think that by changing the story even to, like, what I just said, even yeah. further is, like, it's not like that thing's stronger than the Lipstick Demon. Right, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's that is a really good fix. I think um, I had a massive chill while you were talking, and then I remembered all the times in the movies where they're like, "Did you feel that when someone walks by?"
1: Someone walked over your grave,
0: and I yeah, I got a little, little bit scared, a little bit scared. Only a tiny bit though. Um, yeah, that is wonderful, Jordan. <laughs> um, so, but what
1: really happens?
0: <laughs> so then she goes in. Imogene and they go into the green mile area I'm just calling it i that like that
1: the the woman who had been haunting that house takes her there
0: yeah and um we see that there's you know it's a prison area and and um elise is like chained up by the neck and
1: in her own cell which is her old bedroom
0: yeah and then her dad is there and he walks over and then the key demon hands her a rod
1: her dad's walking stick
0: yes yes and then she starts hitting her dad and then but it's
1: as if she is not like the thing what the thing does is basically is consume you with hatred right which is what it did basically to her and that's why she's hurting her dad
0: yes and then she, then she hears Imogene say, like, don't do it, don't do it. And then she goes, oh, I'm not going to give in to hate. And then she, sta- no, she doesn't stab. She, like, what does she do after
1: that? Well, she tries harming him, and then it doesn't work. Yeah. I, like, it basically, it gets out of the cell, gets Imogene, and then Elise goes and chases after it. And then you see that it has Imogene and her sister chained up behind yeah. it. And well
0: before that though, I think the dad pushes her off and then he melts away. Not yet. Oh, not yet. No. That's not yet.
1: No. Okay. And I would say my fix, one of one of my things that I think that could have been a little bit more powerful. So yeah, yeah mom still shows up to save the day. Whatever. It's do ex machina they did it in the last movie. Yeah. Okay. Um don't hate it because it does like she does have like, if anything, unfinished business with her mom because she was taken from her when she was so young. Mm-hmm. I would also argue that her father was taken from her when she was so young too. Never seemed like a likable guy to begin with. But you know now that he was consumed by this demon and that's why he did the terrible things that he did. And in the scene, he does push the demon away for a second. that gives her enough time uh-huh. to do what she needs to do. so that is him redeeming his character. And he does apologize, but I feel like that was a little bit I wish that part was a little bit stronger. Okay. So that he could redeem himself a little bit more.
0: It's funny that you said that because I was going to say the exact opposite thing. Get rid of him? Well, I was thinking that there's kind of this, I would almost say it's a trope where like you make a character do a bunch of really, really bad things and then, you know, you redeem them. Yeah. We like redemption. It's in our blood. But to me, I'm like, okay, yes, he was influenced by this demon, but he also like just murdered a bunch of girls, and uh-huh. I know he was. But I don't really care if he's redeemed.
1: That's a good point.
0: So to me, I was like, I was like, don't push, just disappear. I guess, and let her be at peace at it. But don't, I don't, I don't want redemption for him.
1: I yeah, I guess as if her knowing what truly happened is enough.
0: Yeah, I I don't know that you always need to redeem the abusive father in every single. Yeah like series, yeah. you know, you, you can like, like in the it books book book and, and, in the movie too, I'm just giving more credit to the book, but it's like Bev's dad is uh-huh. a bad guy, period. Right. And when he, you know, he dies of old age or whatever, or heart attack in the book and that's it. There, there wasn't like, Oh, and you know what, Bev, I forgot to tell you this thing that she can then defeat Pennywise, you know, hmm. no redemption mm-hmm. for him. I think it's okay not to redeem every character. Yeah. Sometimes, having said that, especially since you said you wish it had a bigger redemption, maybe it's okay that he just does a little push.
1: Yeah, I guess split it. <laughs> Let's just meet in the middle. Maybe I'm just
0: splitting hairs. Am I splitting hairs? Am I am I being unreasonable about this movie? I
1: mean, this is why we do a podcast, Micah. Oh yeah. To split hairs. No, but
0: in your opinion, do you think I'm being a little over the top?
1: I don't know. Not yet.
0: Okay. Okay. So
1: we can disagree on a movie. You know that, right? Oh, I know that. Okay.
0: I know that, but I'm just what, I mean, are my complaints, you know, cause sometimes I feel like when you start picking away at something, then you start finding all this other stuff and it's like, wait, am I even,
1: I don't know. I haven't thought about it. <laughs> so I guess not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then they get out of the further. Sure. Right.
1: Yep. Yeah. Cause
0: you've mentioned the mom.
1: Yeah. Mom comes and saves the day.
0: And then they go to the hospital. Like I've said in the last few episodes, everything's all hunky-dory. It's fine. And, uh, but, so let's talk about the Insidious One connection.
1: Yeah. Oh, wait. As they're traveling back from the further. Yes. They, um, open a door and you see Dalton falling off a ladder. Like the first movie. Yes. And if you remember in the first movie, he falls off the ladder and he sees something in the dark. I always thought he was seeing the red lipstick demon. Right. Um, but what this leads you to believe is Elise opens the door and you see Dalton fall off a ladder. And I, I think she says something. Does she?
0: I don't remember. I don't she know, says if she might, she might
1: just like give it a look as if she's looking at it on a memory that she's not affecting. Yeah. And they leave and she leaves the door open. And according to a trivia that I read, That is how the red lipstick demon got in. I don't like that because it's like the person who saves them is the person who caused it, which is how this movie, the premise of this movie is she opened a door, but she was a child and she didn't know that. Wouldn't you think that she just learned not to leave a door open at this point? Yeah. So it's not, it doesn't work for me.
0: It, okay, it doesn't work for me.
1: Ultimately, it doesn't work. I
0: it, to me, it felt very much like, like they were like, remember how cool it was in Insidious 1 or 2 that we did the whole going back thing? And they're like, let's just do that again. Yeah. And they were like, what could work? I don't know, I guess this part. And you're like, what? Yeah. Um, And and I also think that it, it, it may, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels implied that like she's the reason that like things can get out now.
1: That's what I just said. Yeah, because she like left the door in general,
0: open. but but previous um, to her, it seemed like things were locked up. Is, that, is by that the end of the movie? No, but before her living, her character being alive.
1: I don't think that they are alluding to that things were locked up. Okay, I but I think I guess the the whole thing is is she unlocked the door for the for key face and they do kind of allude to like she opened doors plural yeah and i think what that means is is like she's opening doors to a demon who controls more doors because he's holding people there
0: okay i that's sh- i'm kind of get behind I am that
1: stretching it no no no. But I, i'm going with that
0: yeah i kind of like that that's kind of cool um Cause that that would be a catalyst that I'd be okay with, I guess. You know, like forty years of this demon opening doors, although he wants to imprison people. So I don't know, but
1: well, he needs to be let in,
0: right? But I I guess I guess also like the connection to Insidious one. It's like, what is she to these people that I I know that she she did stuff with Josh in chapter two when he was a kid. You know, it's kind of hard to parse out the. The timeline, but when Josh was a kid, yeah, I know. Just, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. um, um. So I know she did stuff with him, but it's just like, why would she open a door and it's just like a house of like one of the random people that she has like done stuff with in the past,
1: specifically the Dalton door,
0: yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh it, yeah, it, no, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. It doesn't. It, at it doesn't all. connect to, for me.
1: No, because in the last movie, when she's in the further, it, it shows the house from the first movie where she is going to die, and she is taken there. It is foreshadowing.
0: Yeah, and this that one's makes sense. just kind of like,
1: Meh. yeah.
0: And then, and then at the end of the movie, she gets a phone call, and it's from um, Lorraine
1: slash Barbara.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, it's not from the the dalton's mom mm-hmm. i forgot renee um rose Byrne. <laughs> yeah and uh it's it's just kind of funny we need
1: help and she says dalton and she says how could you know that and then she says it's my job
0: yeah and then the movie ends and then it shows <laughs> it shows little ty simpkins asleep on his bed and the camera goes to the window and then the lipstick demon pops up and there's something about the way that the actor's eyes are in that (laughs) shot and the way he pops up, that was so funny. I watched it three times and I took a great selfie with the movie. What I hate about
1: it, as well as the last movie, because the last movie ended with uh, him popping out. Yeah. What I hate about it is that it scares me. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Hate it. And I know it's coming. I actually didn't know in the last movie. That was surprising.
0: Yeah. But I hated it. What's also funny about it it's kind of like not not quite to this degree but it's kind of like the boba fett thing where it's like yeah he looks really cool and he terrorizes in the first movie but there's no implication that like the lipstick demon is satan or anything like that no so to keep on bringing him up is like okay he's just like
1: well it's almost like like their calling card on the whole thing (laughs) and it's like but you vanquished him he's gone
0: yeah and i know that these are before but it's like It's like, okay, you keep referencing like another minor demon that will attack the child in the first movie, but he's not even in the second movie. I will say <laughs>
1: though, at least it's not it too where the whole movie is about the first movie.
0: Oh god. And it's basically
1: yeah. the whole first movie told to you and shown to you again.
0: What a horrible film. Yeah. Um having said all that,
1: it's a it's an okay,
0: decent movie.
1: I liked it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it certainly wasn't hard to watch. Yeah. I would watch it again. I wouldn't really like go out of my way to watch it again, but if someone was like, I want to watch this movie and I'm there, I'd like, sure, cool.
1: I liked it more than the third one because of the key face demon, super cool. He and his honestly, design was
0: amazing. Honestly I loved his the design.
1: like the serial killer twist was also very cool and i know we've talked about how they both don't work together <laughs> right right. but in watching and maybe tomorrow i'll wake up and be like no the third one's better yeah but because we usually don't record immediately after watching a movie i know we usually let it sit for a day or two but here we are and this is how i feel
0: and can you believe i still forgot that many details <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but i yeah i just liked the concept more and I do like that it did focus on Elise much more. The what I the third movie to me is the whole, like most of the movie I was just waiting for Elise to come back. Yeah, because it was I would say that setting up the other characters in that movie, which we talked about in the last episode, see last episode, but it was very cheesy to me. Sure, so I felt sure. no cheese in this movie other than the bad comedy.
0: Yeah, and and I would say uh, you know as we look at the series as a whole, um, this this is not like an egregious amount of movies for the stories they've told and especially since after two they have not touched the um the family from the first two movies they have not been like let's go back to the i mean they have gone back to them in the ways we described but it's just little stuff that you can just forget about they're not like
1: oh totally we got
0: to have patrick wilson in the next movie to do this this and this so to me it works as a series and this is just one of those entries where you're like okay this is attack of the clones it still tells the story i still like it it's not my favorite but it's part of the series and that's great and i'll i'll watch it again you know well not necessarily this one but you know what i'm saying is that yeah track
1: is attack of the clones one of the prequels yeah okay or or i get it now
0: maybe in a lot this is like um Although I did like solo more than Attack of the Clones and this movie, but this is kinda like the solo where you're like, Yeah, it's it's playing the hits. We know what it is, and I kind of know where it's going and it's kind of fun.
1: I look at it a different way. Like I said Yeah, I don't like I, my
0: two analogies oh, okay. either. Well Go ahead. I
1: I just look at it differently. I'm not saying better. I'm saying differently. We're two different people. But like I said at the beginning of the episode, when you're working with the genre of horror and one movie hits, you usually get more, and you usually get too many. Yeah, this movie or the series we have only four, which is still to some franchises a lot, but it's not for a horror specifically. And it sounds like it might be the end.
0: Fingers yeah. crossed.
1: But um,
0: I didn't see. Well, keep, I let found me look it. Up if they're coming I anymore. found
1: the series very consistent and very good, very fun and consistently scary.
0: Me too. Yeah.
1: So that's good enough for me. I can't really think of many horror franchises that I feel this way about because they're the only other one that I can think of that I like is Scream. But even then, that it's like huge diminishing returns. One movie, like once you get further along, like it's huge true. diminishing returns.
0: Okay. Lynn Shay thinks Insidious 5 hasn't happened yet because real life is scarier than anything fictional. I concur. From September 30th, 2020 that was last screen month. rant uh, screen rant so um that's lynn shay
1: and she's an actress and she has nothing to do with writing or directing a new movie which <laughs> means we know nothing
0: yeah i could probably look more but i mean whatever you know um i mean i would totally i i mean i think it'd be fun to see one of these in theaters because we watch them all at home uh-huh. and to experience it with an audience but then again i don't know that i would enjoy watching any of these movies with an audience. Cause I haven't enjoyed my horror experiences in the theaters. So, you know, take it or leave it. But, um, yeah, I've, this has been such a nice palette change.
1: My ranking is one, two, four, three.
0: Mine is one, two, three, four.
1: Cool. When I wake up tomorrow, it might be different.
0: And two is close to one. I really, yeah. really liked, two, but it's kind of
1: like you don't get two without one. Yeah. And that's why one is one.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so cool, was fun, I, I'm getting the horror itch, Um. anything else on the series? I don't know. Okay, well, um, it is November, December 12th, I'm going to be doing a Christmas show, and it's going to be on YouTube, and um, you're going to want to watch it, it's going to be very very cool, it'll be at, did I say 6.30 or 7, I think 7, we'll do 7.00. It's gonna be at seven o'clock, December tenth, and it's taking Christmas songs from their four-four time signature, making them five. And I have a bunch of guests on, and it's—I'm putting so much crazy work into it. It is gonna be lovely. It's gonna be nuts, though. And um, you've never heard these songs like this before. It's pretty freaking cool. So make sure you are there for that. Um, and then if you're on Patreon, you'll get even even the three dollar tier. I'm gonna send them the link to do. To hear all the songs because I'm splitting the concert in half. And now, next week, what are we doing, Jordan? Terminator. We're doing Terminator. So, in the words of the immortal Arnold Schwarzenegger, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.